0: You are Locked On Bulldogs Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome into the Locked On Bulldogs Postcast. I am your host, Jarvis Davis, and I got my main man with me, Brian Gephardt. He is the guy that you need to go to when it comes to all things Georgia Bulldogs, been covering the Georgia Bulldogs for the past, what, six, seven years? And you're a Georgia alum, so yeah, he's the right guy to have on right now. BG, man, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I was
0: actually uh, really excited when I got the text from you and Tanitra earlier this week. So glad to be here. And uh, it was a fun, fun game we had with clean, old-fashioned hate. It's nice to see Georgia Tech kind of get to where they are and and have this one be a real football game this time around.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And also, guys, I got to let you know that the Locked On Bulldogs postcast is brought to you by Game time download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. The Locked on Bulldog podcast is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day now, BG, the Bulldogs got it done 31 to 23. Like you said, clean, old fashioned, hate, but and a lot of times, like what we've been come to expect with this team is the fact that hey, the defense is going to give up a touchdown on that first drive. <laughs> And then they're going to figure it out for the rest of the game. But the defense actually stopped them this time. But mm-hmm. the offense turns the ball over with Dejan Edwards, man. Like, you got to start to be, get a little bit concerned as far as with these, how this team has got off to these slow starts, right? Yeah.
0: It's one of those things that it's like, it's like a ha-ha funny thing because they wound up going undefeated again. And it's been a great season. But it's tough with some of the opponents that you're going to have coming up with Alabama's and hopefully semifinal and championship and all that, where it really is every single week where the first five, six minutes is this really slow start. And it's frustrating. Like you said, it was uh, the offense or the defense actually got the job done on their first possession this time. And then Dejon Edwards, who's generally pretty trustworthy, you know, first carry of the game and he gets it popped out and you're kind of like, all right, you know, what, What's happening? So they can't continue to keep doing this and expect to win against the type of opponents that are coming up because there's some really quality ones. that are going to have even you know more high-powered offenses than what Tech brought to the table tonight, even though they were impressive in a a lot of different ways. So it has been frustrating on that sense where you're kind of like, okay, by the end of the season, you had to figure that out a little bit, and you figured maybe they do it against Tech, but. Again, couple first couple minutes, you're scratching your head, and like, "All right, here we go, down seven, nothing again." You know,
1: yeah, man, it, it's 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 truly. I, I think it's something to be said about being able to take a team's be- best punch. But when you're talking about getting into a playoff scenario or a, a SEC championship, I, I think it does it does matter when you're talking about all right, you those points matter a lot more when you're going up against teams that are at least equal to where you are, or sometimes they might even be better in certain situations.
0: Yeah. I think it's one of those things too, where it's like, you know, it's, it's okay to take punches and be resilient and you can kind of bounce it into something positive, but you don't always want to take the first punch. Right. We always learned in fights growing up you know, ne- you know, never, you know, never throw the first punch, but always throw the last punch, but you don't right. always want to, you know, take that first punch, especially when it's a gut punch sometimes. And again, with, with some of these higher powered offenses coming up uh, hopefully for Alabama and beyond for, for Georgia, you know, it's just like, they've, they've got to be able to to do that and, and get that right. And I, I know it's something that's got to be eating at Kirby. A- again, he will sell it and flip it and turn it into a positive as far as resilient and bounce back and we're hanging in there, but, it has to be driving him insane to be getting down seven nothing in all of these games, and and some of them are just silly mistakes too. You know, you, right. if you look at this one and like the one in Tennessee which just flat out missed assignment football and putting the ball on the ground. It's one thing if the other team makes great plays or has a great drive, but uh, it's frustrating on that standpoint. And wait till you run into one of these offenses that have more than the the scripted fifteen coming out. You know, and uh, and and go beyond that where it's like okay if they're dynamic like that and they've got it all planned out. It could be a problem for the Bulldogs.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing that I've noticed this year, too, as far as on the back end of the defense. Like, you're talking about run fits and just – like, even with with Georgia Tech tonight, I feel like Buster Faulkner – like, I think you you make a great point. You talk about that script at 15. Buster Faulkner just threw so many things at, at Georgia t- tonight. When you talk about different motions and then you got that young linebacker core, Jamon Dumas-Johnson is not, no longer in there. You got C.J. Allen and Rayleigh Willis and all those young linebackers. Those guys can be easily fooled because, like, he, like those some of the things that they probably haven't seen, you know, uh, this late in the season. So when you throw all of those things at them, Georgia Tech was able to take advantage of that. And I think that, which brings me to another kind of point I want to bring up with you is like, all right, coming into this game, we heard we knew that Tate Rallich was probably could have gone right, you know, and then we got Lad McConkey probably could have gone, right? You had Brock Bowers, probably could have gone. So, like, was this like, hey, all our NFL guys, hey, y'all gonna get a little bye week this week, and then we're gonna get y'all <laughs> ready for the SEC championship? And I feel like that was a decision that probably made this a game more so than it should have
0: been. Yeah, 100%. You saw it on some of those third downs, especially late in the game, because there was a stretch where Georgia went uh, 0-3 on, on third downs, trying to put this thing away That that remained in that spot, and that as we know, is the money down and, and the one where they're pretty much looking at Bowers. And second option is Ladd McConkie and a lot of those spots. But when I saw that right before kickoff, Brock out, Ladd out, Rah-Rah out, Tate out, I was like, hmm. <laughs> And it's so unlike Kirby Smart because he yeah. really does a good job of motivating the squad and getting these getting these guys up. And he's always preached about how important it is to beat Georgia Tech and win inside the state first. Because if you remember going back to the beginning of his, his run at Georgia, he lost that first game against Georgia tech. And, you know, and, and it was a game when he played and, you know, they showed the graphic. That was really cool with Kirby smart and Brent key going one and one against each other back in the nineties and stuff. Um, But yeah, that, that was, I I looked at that and I was like, Hmm, now most fans were probably like, all right, yeah, that's great. But I don't think people have watched Georgia tech play a lot of ball that are Georgia fans, maybe necessarily this year. Then they realized when they got in the game, it's like, Oh, okay. This is, this is a ball game here. They got some real guys and uh, can, can really put some points on the board
1: and we talked about during the week, uh, BG, like how this is a different team. This is not the same your same Georgia Tech team. I think, you know, the Bulldogs and Kirby probably understood that last year when when he was uh when Brinkie was just the, the interim head coach. So I think, you know, now like you got to take that in consideration when he's had an opportunity to kind of bring in some of his own guys and bring in a quarterback like Haynes King, who's been a different a difference maker for them this year. Like you have guys who can out there who can make plays. The offense looks capable. Like we kept using that word this week. Like this offense look like they can put up some points. And I think yeah. what I think like what 14 to 15 points better than they were last year. Uh, over a hundred yards more better than they were last year on the offensive side of football. And Buster Faulkner, that's He came from came from the coaching staff, the Bulldogs coaching staff. So I, I think, yeah, to I understand kind of you want to get your guys kind of some rest, but there's a situation where, hey, man, you come in, bring those guys in, and in the first quarter, you get up, get up on tech, and then then you get those boys out of there because at the end of the day, man, it's about you know being consistent with the message that you've been preaching.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And we saw some of those results with, with with Georgia Tech wind up having the ball a little bit more than you would think in a game like this. I mean, they ran especially in the really first quarter, well. yeah. I mean, yeah. they they got out, they played good assignment football, they were able to get you know, stretch the field and use the width of the field quite a bit. I mean, they finished 44 for 205. That's 4.7 to carry, you know, two touchdowns there uh, from the quarterback as well. So uh, I was thoroughly impressed with what I saw from Georgia Tech. And even as a Georgia guy, you know, I, I like when Georgia Tech's good. I like when they're competitive. I like when this game's fun. And it it's cool to see them actually take that full step this year. And this was the most points scored against Georgia all all season long. is is twenty three, which is a little shocking, and that's how good they've been. But yeah. um, for the fact that it was Tech that, that put it up against, you know, they went up against these really good offenses in oh,
1: Mizzou and Tennessee, and it was Georgia Tech who ended up putting up the most points against them. Absolutely, man. Those that's that's the thing that I feel like, and I'm with you. I'm neither a Georgia guy or a Georgia Tech guy, but I like seeing this game be competitive, and that's I think mm-hmm. I, we think I think we got a good glimpse into what this team, this this game is going to be for the next few years because I really feel like Brent Key got some cooking down over in the flats. And of course, we know Kirby Smart got that machine going. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's crazy because, like, the standard is so high. Like, we have to find little, little minute <laughs> to little things to kind of yep. pick at, you know, to talk about the Bulldogs. But I, I think this is something that, you know, we're going to have to keep an eye on. And one thing that I really want to talk about, you know, on the, on the other side is like, the type of guy or the type of player that Kendall Milton has been for this offense this year. And I, I think it's, this is going to be something that teams are going to have to look out for when we're talking we talk about going into postseason play. But first, folks, I got to tell you about, all about eBay Motors. Listen up, guys. This episode of the Locked on Bulldogs podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors motors let me tell you something guys one of the things that you always have to be prepared for hey is is life right like instances things you're gonna gonna be able to do so with passion drive and patience what brings home the win trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive that's your car people hey you got to be able to have your car ready to go at any moment and ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered they have over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you always find exactly what you're looking for and with the ebay guarantee fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because we eBay, ebay motors that you're burning rubber not cash i'm telling you guys you need to go there right now. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to customers in the U.S. The Bulldogs and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets finish up 31 to 23, and I got my main man here, Brian Gephardt, holding it down Uh, for right with here on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. Guys, if you haven't liked or subscribed to our YouTube channel, I don't know what you're waiting on. You need to get your life together and go ahead and hit that, that like button, and also turn on the no, hit that bell, so hit the notifications for so whenever stuff like this drop, because we go live after the games right here on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. Now, Brian... One of the things that I feel like has been a real sight to see uh, in this season is the fact that watching Kendall Milton get healthy. Because we know he just didn't look like himself to start the season. It just it, it, He just wasn't right. And I think that Dejan Edwards kind of took advantage of that, right, as that lead back. Mm-hmm. But coming down this stretch... We've seen him. We've seen that explosiveness. We've seen that burst that he that we've known Kendall Milton to have, and I feel like this can be a, a a weapon that that Kirby and Mike Bobo can really use and take advantage of once this postseason gets rolling. Yeah, it is
0: so nice to see Kendall Milton finally healthy for for a stretch of time too. And, and knock on wood, hopefully he remains healthy for the rest of the season because he's a guy throughout his career has had a bunch of soft tissue injuries. And you look at the running game for Georgia this year, it, collectively the running backs have, aren't as good as top end talent as they've been in the last handful of years. Like what Kenny McIntosh brought to you last year. Uh, right. You know, this year it wound up being Dejon just because of a trust factor. And then again, a health factor for Kendall Milton, but he had an excellent game against Ole Miss um, and it was a career day for him then. And then he topped it today you know, finishing right. 18 for a buck 56 and two and he's getting giant holes and these big uglies are leaning on him for sure. This offensive line has been very impressive even without Tate Rattledge today. Um, but yeah, when you're going up against a guy like Jalen Milrow next week and uh, when you potentially are going up against one of these offenses like Oregon or Washington or whatever it might be, Kendall Milton's going to be a great neutralizer to try to keep those guys off the field and, and eat up some clock and, and use that. And it's something that Georgia has really needed the last month and, He is playing his absolute best football that he has in Athens, and it's really good to see. And this team's just got a different dynamic
1: with with him running the way he's ran in the last handful of weeks. Yeah, man, because he's the type of guy, man, he's not necessarily the shifty type running Mm -hmm. back, but, man, he sees a hole, and he's going to hit that bad boy, and he's going full speed. And not too many guys, you know, weigh about 6'2", 6'1", 6'2", Two twenty-five, two thirty, man. Like nobody's gonna be running into getting his weight uh, too quickly, <laughs> especially within <laughs> that ten-yard range, man. Because that's right, he yeah. he can hit that hole with 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 reckless abandonment. And I think that that's the thing that you know Mike Bobo has. Can we talk about Mike Bobo for a second, man? Sure. Like, because here's here's the thing, man. I always found it funny that people didn't like Mike Bobo being hired as the offensive coordinator once Todd Monk and took over the OC um, spot in, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens to go coach Lamar Jackson. Nobody's, you know, getting mad at him for that. No, nope. But when Kirby named Mike Bobo the, the OC, there were a little rumblings. People got a little upset, man. Like, what is it with Mike Bobo that that Georgia fans and, and Georgia alums seem to just don't like? Like, I'm, I'm 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 trying to find it. I would go back to when he was the OC he still averaged 30 plus points as a as a play caller. And I know there were some times you, that you can question, you can question every play caller that ever has called plays in all of football. But it just seems like when Mike Bobo name got, you know, the ink wasn't even dry yet, BG. And people were like, man, I don't know what the hell Carby Smart doing. Like, what's the deal here? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't describe that any better. Admittedly, I was one of those guys. I was one okay. of those.
0: Why are we dealing with Bobo? I thought at the time, just genuinely, take like bobo's background as oc involved i just thought it was a lazy hire obviously it's worked out Hmm. right okay i thought it was a hey kirby's bringing in his buddy i know he was on the staff last year as an analyst but one of the things that nick saban's done so well over the years at alabama while while kirby was the dc there was revolutionizing things you know bringing in elaine kiffin and having bill o'brien and these different guys and Brian Dayball and all the all these different people. So my thought was, go get that next guy. Go get that good guy. And then you realize, okay, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when Bobo was the OC for Georgia, it was they didn't have the level of talent that they do now. So he does right. have a different set of weapons. And I think a couple different reasons why uh, Georgia fans view Bobo in the way that they do is that he was the OC during Rick's era. So it was just kind of that always good, never great, where like he put up the numbers, but in the big games that mattered. And when we really needed moments, it didn't feel like it came through. And then for whatever reason, and I don't know, I don't have the data to back it up right now, but it just felt like in every big moment and on every third down, he would throw a, a screen and usually a bubble. Screen. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. come
1: on, man, we got something else. We I remember. Else. <laughs> but uh-huh. he has
0: made he has made me shut up this year. He has made everyone shut up this year. It was, you know, kind of a slow start, but, Anytime you're going to have a new quarterback and a new OC for any team, regardless if you're Georgia or whoever you might be playing for, it's going to take a minute. And now this thing is absolutely humming. And, uh, you know, you look at what he did at Tennessee too, um, the, the just the play calling has been on fire and, and it's really click. But that's sort of the background of, you know, in the big, big, big moments, it didn't feel like it came through, whether that was him or the talent or, or whatever it was. So people kind of hung that against him. But he, he's been spectacular this year.
1: Yeah, man, to the tune of being a, a semifinalist for the Brawls Award, which yes. is giving out to the best, you know, um, assistant coach in the country. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Bobo has kind of silenced it. some of some of the doubters, you know, and, and and I think that, you know, to the tune of getting Carson Beck, and we talked about this on, on, on the Atlanta football party, when we talked about Bulldogs on Tuesday. Make sure you guys check that out, by the way. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. You know, there's some good stuff going on. I, su- I but, subscribe, Jarvis. I subscribed. My man, my man. See, look, I I know you subscribe, BG, because I know how you rock with us, man. You rock with us, so we rock with you, too. So I know how you get down. So I I think that Bobo has gotten Carson Beck to a point where, like, we're talking about NFL. Like, I'm talking about NFL-type throws he's making, like the decisions, the decision-making, you know, getting rid of the football, not holding on to the football too long, knowing when to take off with it and get a few yards and get down, or knowing when to just throw the football away. I I think he just... He's just done a, a really, really good job with, with Beck. And I think Beck has been able to take advantage of all the talent that he does have surrounding him. And I think that it's kind of unfair um for the for the national folks to kind of like say, Hey, you got all those, you got all those NFL type guys around you. I was like, Well, he has made some guys better, you know. Mark Rosemary Jack Saint. I don't see too many NFL scouts banging down his door, but hey, he looked really well. Like when you had your main guys like laid out. And and um, Brock Bowers and all that stuff like Oscar Delp, you know he's been coming around. Like you've been able to figure out, I mean he's been able to find ways to get him to football. And, and I just think overall this offense has looked really good. And I think that I gotta I gotta mention this one guy because I felt like you know when all the injuries we're talking about with Kendall Milton was dealing with been getting of the year, I just feel like a guy like Dylan Bell, man, he had just <laughs> really been whatever you need me to do, Coach. I can do it for you, and I feel like when you got a guy like that, I feel like that can be that can work out in your favor once once that postseason starts rolling. Also,
0: they threw out, and I'm not going to say that he's this guy, but they kind of threw out the comparison a little bit during the game. I don't know if you heard it on the broadcast or not, but they threw a little Debo Samuel.
1: Debo, that's not fair, by the way. I'm just saying that's not fair. There's
0: only one Debo. There's just perfect name for the game and all of that. Of course, of course. Dylan Bell, I will say from the get-go, Jarvis, like when he was a freshman, I loved him on the field. He, anytime he mm-hmm. got a chance to shine, he did. He he does everything he's asked for. And now, especially in a game like this, like you mentioned, without Brock, without Lab, without Rah-Rah, like without those guys, he sort of became that other playmaker in addition to Kendall Milton to, to get this thing done. And now they trust him in any situation. You know, he's got a background as a quarterback. He's scored in all three ways, you know, throwing – running, catching this year. So it's been really fun to use. And he's going to be essential uh, for Georgia to try to 3 this thing
1: coming up over the next month. And what's essential for them to 3 they have to win the SEC championship. That's who's next, the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll be talking about them next. But first, got to tell you guys a little bit about game time. Folks, this episode of the Georgia Bulldog Postcast is brought to you by game time. Yes, I'm talking about game time. All right, now, when you think about game time, this is the type of app that you need to go to. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event because game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat. And their best price guarantee game times takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Are you sick and tired of seeing a ticket price for $45 and then by the time you get done with all the fees, they're talking about $125? Go to game time. I'm telling you, they give you all in prices, everything right there up front. So you don't have to worry about all that fooling just folks. Let me tell you, it's like you can even see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. I'm telling you, like, it is. Just, Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even hour after it starts, so you know you're going to be able to get a good deal. So here's what I want you to do, guys: take all the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College. That's code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Yes, you heard that correctly. Locked On College, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E. You're gonna get twenty dollars off your first. purchase. Purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code. Locked on college. For $20 off. Download. Game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. uh, Guaranteed. All right. We're wrapping things up right here on the Locked on Bulldogs postcast. Bulldogs defeat. I can't even say spanked. Can't even say kick the crap out of. They defeat. Georgia set, Yellow Jacks, 31-23. to 23. Now it's time for the big dogs. Coming into Atlanta, the Bulldogs got the Alabama Crimson Tide, BG. And, and I think that we talked about a little bit earlier as far as this team getting off to a slow start. How do they avoid that against Nick Saban and company? Oof. I think,
0: well, defensively, just get locked in. Get, like <laughs> – it's si- it's, sim- it's Pun simple, intended. but it's like assignment <laughs> football. Like we go back to that Tennessee game, it was right. just blown assignment, you know? Right. Don't let up that big play to Jermaine Burton where he's getting behind you on that first one. Like take out that explosion type play. And honestly, for me, I know Dejon started the game today. I'd like to see Kendall Milton, like we discussed how, how good he was getting the ball early and often. You know, Brock Bowers is obviously gonna play next week. Give me that high dosage of Kendall Milton and Brock Bowers out of the gate, get that, get that thing rolling. Cause the other thing too, is, you know, some of these, some of these ones, they've started slow defensively, but a couple of they've started slow offensively too. So yeah. come out of the gate and 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 get that going right away. If you can. Um, and for me, the way that I would do that is try to get Kendall Milton rolling early, even as opposed to the second half, I'd almost rather use Dajon as the closer and Kendall Milton as the starter, if you will, Kind of flip flop in the way that they have been used over the last handful of weeks.
1: Yeah, talking almost kind of like a like your like your team, the Giants. You know, right? Remember, <laughs> remember how well, they we had gotta that bring nice... them up, man. It's not Sunday. Again. No, I'm talking about the good times. I'm talking about Lamar, oh, yeah. Bradshaw. Okay. Oh, all right, you know, that's good. I like. That. Yeah, yeah, I'm I like talking that. about those yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those, they, I thought that the way they used those those backs and just and, and it's kind of like how you brought out with like Kendall Milton you know, being a guy to start off the game and then you got a guy like Dejan Edwards coming in to close because he's more of a scat back. He's has got a guy that's going to make you miss. And after you've been pounding and pounding and pounding with Kendall Milton, Dejan Edwards is going to come in and start making you miss. And I think that once you start wearing that defense down, I feel like that's going to kind of play into, into the Bulldogs' favor because I think the thing that I'm concerned about because, you know, I really, I like... What Georgia has done this year, I feel like the coaching that they've gotten or the, that they've put out there with these guys, the players that they've had on the field, because Kendall didn't even talk about after the game about like, hey, we haven't really been at full strength, mm-hmm. hardly any at any point during the, during this year. So when you have all these guys on the field, or you got guys that don't necessarily play that as much because guys are out. It's just the coaching job that they've done this year. I just think it's just been absolutely amazing. And I think that they're gonna need that because Jalen Milrow, like, I, I, I always joke. I was just like, yeah. And in the first few games, people forget. They don't even wanna talk about it anymore. They literally bitched this dude because, <laughs> and then they saw how awful the guys were behind him. Uh-huh. Then they said, "Oh, Jaden, man, come on back down. Mm-hmm. Who we just playing? Just get, your, just get your <laughs> stuff together, man. You know, and like." And Tommy Reese magically figured out how to use him, and I think that he's gonna be the guy. That's that's the guy that you know Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp; those guys are gonna be need a lot of coffee leading up to that game because they're gonna have to figure it out, man. Because him being able to get it to that edge because their edge was a little soft tonight, man, uh, against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was able to, to move the football. They were able to, able to run the rock. Like you talk about, what, 4.7 yards a carry, man. Like teams don't run the football like that against Georgia. So I feel like coming into this game, Jalen Milrow is the guy that I've got my bullseye on right now.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. It doesn't it feel like that was two years ago when Jalen Milro got benched. Like that was such a, such a <laughs> right. long time. Nobody ago. talk it's like, about it. It's, it's th- like it yeah. didn't even happen. There. No, it didn't. It just, it kind of <laughs> came and went. It was like, oh yeah, that, that did happen earlier this year. Kind of a thing. It, you know, it's weird and I'm not comparing the two necessarily. Although I was really thoroughly impressed with the way uh, Haynes King played for most of the games, one or two throws a, a little off here and there that he could have done, but he was almost a nice preparation for Jalen Milrow just in terms of him being able to use his legs and and get out there a little bit. So I think there's film that they're going to be able to use from this game to prepare a little bit for, for Bama, not necessarily saying that tech's going to get you ready for Bama in a way, but in certain ways that I think they will. So, um, and I I think you flip it back to um, your favorite thing, Jarvis, that defensive line play that's got to be really strong for Georgia. It was really strong for Auburn. In parts of the game today, of course, except for that last play, which was Josh, insane. And I don't know man. how that happened, but this is uh and he's starting around into form. Like this is a needs to be a Michael Williams game coming up here in the SEC championship. Like those kind of players need to need to be getting after it a little bit, especially with that younger linebacking core, uh, the way it is. We'll see if Dumas Johnson, what, what the situation is with him as well. But um, this needs to be one of those, all right, shine on the on the depth of the D line because it hasn't been it's not the star power that it's been in the past with jalen carter and uh jordan davis and nolan smith and those guys but hopefully these guys this is the type this is the time to grow up and and, and get the job done against a guy like jalen milrow
1: yeah i'm glad you brought up michael because coming into this season he's a guy that i pinpointed saying hey Mm -hmm. i want to see what i know that's there like there have been, and I thought that he started to do that a little bit in that Tennessee game. We started to see Michael Williams start to like really start to. All right, I'm smelling myself. Like yeah, mm-hmm. like, I know I'm good. I gotta remind people that I'm good. And I think this game coming up at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, this is gonna be the game for Michael Williams. Hey man, you can make you some money, man. Like yep. I mean, just keep it. I'm just keep it funky. Like you can make some money in the in this game because Lord knows. There have been plenty of guys that have done that red and black jersey. They have made a lot of money playing in the SEC championship game because a lot of eyeballs are in their game, and a lot of scouts are going to be there. So I feel like I'm with you, man. Michael Williams he is the guy that I am. Like, if you if you want if you if you if you want to go and, and get your, <laughs> yeah. get, that, get that stock up, this is definitely the game to do it.
0: Yeah, if you want to get yourself in that conversation of being more of like that mid late first round guy as opposed to. I think he would be more so in like the second ish and he's st- still got time to develop and everything. But yeah, it's time to it, you want to have a game where you look at it and it feels like this season, although you've had exceptional play from Kamari Lassiter and like Starks is really yeah. good and and different guys have shined in different games. It doesn't feel necessarily and it's crazy to say that because. 23 points is the most they've given up all year, but it feels like it's every game. It's the offense that we're talking about with Georgia, right? And what they're doing and what Beck's doing and Bobo and Bowers and this run game, I almost would want to come out of this Bama game and go, they shut them down. They scored 14 points, 17 points, whatever it was, you know, turned it over two or three times. Like I want to see the defense be able to wreak havoc, make a play, get that strip sack, get it, get a big third down sack. And again, they've had moments this year with it, but, go out and go out and try to dominate up front in this game. And I think what Auburn showed a little bit today, you can, you can do that. You can get after this, this Alabama offensive line. They're not as, um, they're they're definitely not as good as the Georgia offensive line this year. And they're not as good as some of the Bama offensive lines in years past.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that, man, this is definitely going to be a statement game for, for, for this defense, because like I said, with the slow starts and giving up touchdowns on the first drive, like, yeah, true enough, being able to take somebody's punch, that's cool. But, man, coming out here and saying, hey, I'm about to take your lunch money from beginning to end, mm-hmm. that is to the type of stuff that you you want to see because we know they're capable, right? Like, I wouldn't be saying sitting up here and saying, hey, man, y'all need to get this stuff together if I knew y'all there was another level that you could take this defense to. And I think that we've been waiting on it, and this Saturday will be a uh, damn good time to get it started man no for sure for sure and
0: (laughs) while we're talking about Georgia and Bama right now too it's you know Georgia just got that 29 game winning streak which passed the Bama one that they've had two different stretches with 28 don't let Bama end it right away just one game after that you know don't (laughs) don't do that we've had some problems with this SEC championship (laughs) we'd be in Georgia in this situation but it's crazy the streak that you know Georgia's on between I mean they showed the graphic in the fourth quarter but now they got 21 straight on conference wins, 15 straight road wins, 12 straight at Bobby Dodd, 39 consecutive regular season games. So it, it really is incredible, but they got to cap it off here uh, by, by winning the SEC and, and booking their ticket to uh, what would be the Sugar Bowl in that situation. So,
1: Absolutely, man. So, yeah, we would definitely have a, keep an eye on it. And plus, man, we thank you guys for making the Locked on Bulldogs podcast your first listen of today. Like, And don't mess around and forget that we'll be back tomorrow – for the Locked On Falcons postcast, and plus, guys, if you haven't liked or subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do that, and also, you know, so you can be abreast of what's going on right here on our channel, hit that bell so you can get a notification when we get ready to come on, and guys, BG, man, hey, man, as always, man, I really appreciate you, my brother, that was good stuff today, and hopefully, man, you can come back and make a return, you know, at some point to kind of you know, talk a little bit more dogs as we get ready to go lead up to this national championship, man. I'm calling out for you. I know you, I know that's what you want. So I'm gonna call it out for you, man. As we go up to this national, uh, this national championship run. Hey man, I want to have you back.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd love to be back. And in the meantime, I'm going to go check out game time because I got to get, I got to get into this building on Saturday. You know, I got to, <laughs> I got to get in there for that game. Yes. So I'm going to go do that. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come back anytime you want Jarvis. Thanks for having me, man.
1: No problem. And we thank you guys for rocking with us today. And we will see you tomorrow.